smell it why it's always poop yeah or this tastes bad try it no i'll take your word for it and it's good (laughs) i don't want that i always tell people the opposite like when something's really good especially like when like with my family i'm like this is so gross like do not eat it oh no if i want to keep it for myself then yes don't do it absolutely gary you're running the show today seems like it that's why it's all fucked up be nice it. to you. Be nice to yourself. It looks great. Uh, you should be nice to yourself. I am. Can't expect so. other people to be nice to you if you can't be nice to yeah, yourself. Who, That's who's a f- gonna know. Remember what did you tell me earlier? You're like, what did you tell me? Something about perfection. Oh yeah, perfection is the enemy of progress. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. That's super true, actually. Yeah, and look um, at you beating yourself up right now. Mm-hmm. Stop it. I thought about something this morning. I said, you know, the gift of foresight can be a virus. Because if you live in the future of your mind, you can replay scenarios thinking that you're giving yourself something to look forward to or avoid. When mm-hmm. in reality, you're just spinning yarns right there in your effing head. And all that like, stuff gets stuck in there, too. Oh, wait, that's foreskin. I feel like I always do do that. Like, I always think about the future. But I think it, in a way of, like, manifesting, like, mm, making the scenario 100%. and you're stuff. You're a creator. Like I'm a creator, so I always I always think like the future. Like I feel like Hey Gary, I who's our guest? Have... Are are we rolling? Yeah, we've been rolling. Oh shit. I love that you're texting. Oh yeah. <laughs> you got you gotta take out that other part. So nope. oh, okay. Nothing about sniffing shrimp. You know what? <laughs> I I missed that part of the conversation. Um <laughs> what time is it? Oh well that's a great show today, boys and girls. And it's been a pleasure. <laughs> it's gonna be you're fun. all set up. I've never hung out with like boys like this. Mm. So some of your jokes I won't understand because you guys are just of, like another level of gross. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's um, she just called us immature in a very nice way. I like it. She said we're idiots. I don't want to be <laughs> mature. Mm. Never grow up. I think she's probably a decade younger than me. Much more mature though. So, Does she solid. have a name? Oh yes. This is Marina Hernandez. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> My friend for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay, memory 702. What was also that? Um, Did you just give your social? What was that? Your last four? I didn't no. catch that. Um, I have an, uh, uh, what is it called? An, uh, Instagram. Um, oh, yeah, my Instagram handle is memory 702. <laughs> TikTok, same. Oh, memory home. 702. Got mm-hmm. it. All right. That's our show for today. No. She <laughs> plugged herself more times than I have in like 30 episodes. Yes. But. <laughs> Marketing. You, I, I am know. a brand. I suck at it. I taught myself how to market. Well, I learned like from when I was really small with my dad. He had a welding company and I used to do that with him. So, you know, when you're passionate about what you're doing, it's not work. And I know that people roll their eyes at statements like that, but I'm sure that you can tell me when you're running through that marketing because it's part of what's spreading your greater message or art that Mm -hmm. it feels like a party the whole time you're working on it. Yes, definitely. I've had so much fun. I mean, there has been days where I'm like broke AF and um, wait, am I a lot of, am I a lot of, oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I'm broke as fuck. I was going to say this thing. (laughs) 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 I feel like everything up until then, it was not you. And then you just showed up. Like, Like, oh yeah, I can Busted right in the room. Fuck yeah, I can cuss. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) This is a judgment-free zone. We use candor and humor. Talking about, well, Gary always judges. And then uh, at the end, he gives me a score. He holds up a card like the Olympics. I keep getting like a four. (laughs) Oh, I got a five. I'd be cool with a solid five, man. It's it's only out of five. Five allows you to like eke through life with nobody seeing you. Yeah, I feel like I've been a five. Yeah. Been a five for a long time. This new tie place by work. 
only goes to five. Learned that out the hard way. Oh, I'm just going medium today. I don't want fire ass. I'll just get a five. It was Dude, five. Thai is a whole different kind of heat. Like there's Spanish heat or like Mexican food, which we're going to talk about Chicana pride today. So it's kind of funny that we're talking about spicy food. But um, at the end of the day, I've had Thai food. My dad used to keep like this bottle. When he was stationed there in the military, he brought back these Thai peppers inside of like this green bottle of like red wine vinegar. Man, dude, that's so hot. He would take like two or three drops of it to like a whole thing of like fried rice when he was making it. Um, I got in trouble when I was a kid because I bet somebody five bucks they couldn't eat one of the peppers out of that jar without taking a drink for like uh, a minute or two. Yeah, you maced <laughs> the them. The kid get hospitalized. <laughs> get hospitalized, but I swear to God, he tried to shove a garden hose down his throat. Oh, <laughs> oh I went to school with her. <laughs> I remember he almost lost his shit. He was like, <laughs> I made my five bucks. <laughs> remember the garden hose? Used to, we used to drink out of the garden hose in Cleveland, which tasted like nickels. And now it's like, I would never drink tap water in my life. I'm like, oh, there's no bottled water? I'll just be thirsty. But hood garden hose used to be just fine back in the day. I loved it. Yeah, that you, taste I of like rust. Do. I still do. I still go to my parents' house and I will go summertime with my nieces and nephews. Garden hose. Yeah, you just pick it up, you drink it from the side. You try not to smack your teeth with it. You don't like rub your mouth on it or nothing, but the flavor of hose water is distinct. It is. But not foul. Because you can get down and drink like a whole gallon out of a hose if you're hot enough. It's like you'll drink it until you slosh and walk away. It tastes Mm -hmm. like nickels or pennies. One of my favorite Chinese restaurants is the Hole in the Wall Wolf at on the east side of Las Vegas. I'm pretty sure it's tap water, but it's like the best. I freaking love it. And the health department will show up tomorrow. (laughs) So before we get too far, too far into it, because I brought up um, the the Chicana pride. And why don't you tell everybody who you are, where you come from and kind of what your entrepreneurship represents? Okay. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, So I am Marina. I'm every 702. Memory is 702, I'm a photographer. So I started the business out of the swap meet, started up there. My name originally was going to be Original Memories. It's like my LLC. My dad uh, started his his welding company when I was about four, and it was uh, Metal Originals. So we wanted to keep it. He told me, like, make the name, be part of me, and I, I respected him for that. But I wanted it to be a little bit more on what I do. So I create memories. I love memories. So... My the spelling of it is M-E-M-O-R-I dot E-S for the east side, 702. Oh, that's super cool. I like yeah. that. It's got your own spin on it. Mm-hmm. I love inside, um, what's the word for Easter eggs. Yeah, I, I love Easter eggs too. Like I, I'm, I'm a big, uh, I love, I'll get into that later. But going back to, going back to me, I never get to talk about myself. It's so weird. Um, I have uh over like 6 million views on TikTok. One of my TikToks went viral for when I was building my my studio with my dad. So I started up in little pop-up tents at the swap meet. And I was proud of that. I was proud of those pop-up tents because people would pass by and be like, oh, memories. I'm like, actually, that's my name. Like, that's the name of the business. Like, you get it. Um, I take old school pictures. So I wanted to bring affordable photography to the community. Something that mm. went away for so long. I think it died down when the recession hit. So I'm kind of scared right now because the recession is recessioning. So I don't know if I'm going to last that long, but I I really, I'm trying. I don't trying doubt to... that you will, because <laughs> I, I think that fortune favors creators that are passionate. And if you're going to continue doing what you do, money will fall in the path. It'll get you what you need as long as you're continuing to create in place. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I've gone... Everything that I've invested into my business and everything that I've gotten back, like it's all just for the business and for the community. Um, there has been days. I mean, a lot of people are like, how much money do you make on TikTok? I'm like, I make one penny per thousand views. Like, I don't make money off of TikTok. Yeah, yeah I'm, people I'm not don't understand out. that. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of mystery in what kind of financial gains there are behind mm-hmm. being a creator on social media. Definitely. It's not what people think it is. <laughs> if you're no. smart, you use it to your advantage. Um, Definitely. She's got people coming from Germany and Japan. And this is, if you don't know what a swap meet is on the East Coast, it's also called a flea market. 
Um, you know, it's the hood spot. And to have people coming from Japan and places like that to go to her booth, you know, it doesn't matter what the walls that are says made a lot. out of. I lived in Tokyo for, or in Japan for about five years and the artists that come out of there are amazing. And when people choose you from there, they make very specific trips for things. They plan very far in advance. It's something they love and they will go to places you would not expect them to pop up like the East side of Las Vegas to get some pictures taken in a certain style, but it's because they respect your style. They Definitely. love your art and that's why they're coming over. Nothing more, nothing less. They're not even trying to impress anybody back home. They right. just love what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah, that's that's very that's very true. And I I love hearing people's stories and where they come from and sharing that with people as well and sharing my story. So it's something that um that wasn't there before. So the reason why I wanted to bring back that affordable photography and bring back like um being there at the Swami, like a lot of people tell me like, oh, you know, you need to take, you need to polish up. You need to like go into like the malls, go into, you know, different places or people would laugh and point at me just walking by and saying that I was ghetto and this is all bad. But honestly, like growing up, this is something that was something that me and my friends would do. We would gather it's up like slice $10 of culture. Each. Yeah, it's a slice of culture and a slice of something like a memory that's in it lasts forever. I look back at my pictures from when I was in. I was doing these type of pictures at other studios when I was like in third grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. And I look back and I'm like, oh, I remember that friend. I remember they, they would pass these cards out like they were like what trade cards. Yeah. Like if you got one of those from a girl or something like that was a big fucking deal because they yeah. only got like Absolutely. nine of them. Those you know, shots were amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, that was like and it brings families together. A lot, a lot of things separate families That's now. Like everyone's point. like this. You go yeah. by her place and it's mom, dad, the kids all yeah. dressed the same and like having a good time. And like, they probably don't ever kick it. Definitely. I've had, I've had, uh, there was this one family that came in and they wanted to take a picture with their mom because they have never taken a picture with their mom. And they're, they're like, my mom, I don't know how long she's going to be here for. Like, if we can just get this quick, you know, and she was in a wheelchair. We got her. To, I had a swing. I have a swing set. My dad built me a swing set because I wanted a swing set in Perfect my studio. Perfect for those particular situations. Yeah. So somebody's not confined to a wheelchair in a picture Definitely. that they may not want it to be in. Mm-hmm. And after exactly. hours. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have- yeah, after hours, you know. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> That's, they turn on the. And so at a certain hour in this booth, you turn on like a disco ball and it yes, comes down. Have, and- yes, I have, a, I have a disco ball. I really do. That's so good point. Friday night, uh, Friday night to Broadacre Swami. I have after hours. I have curtains in there too. This one time, one of my favorites, one of my photo shoots that I did with a stripper. I love her. Shout out to you, big girl, if you're watching this. Um, yeah, big fan. Barry's a huge fan oh. of you. Um, she was, she was changing. Right, she's like, let me just change into my outfit. So I thought she was just gonna like, you know, she. I thought she had a top under, and she like literally got undressed, like full on naked and my curtains are open and the, I have families walking by and I was like, oh my. so there was this guy there was this guy because it's a swami so you can get anything at the swami he's walking around with like <laughs> he just got like some drawers some big old stack of drawers right he's like walking Underpants, by and he's like he stopped and was like he almost fell back and I, it was like a movie moment like I like he almost turned, dropped his BVDs yeah, he, he had to get back stuff. there and take a look yeah, he, he almost dropped it and I was like oh my god it felt like a movie scene like I paused I just looked to my side she's like full on naked and then I see this guy like about to break his back <laughs> and I just run over there and close the curtains so I have people watching you know and it was we did a really nice beautiful beautiful shoot we did like we had money in there I had changing life shame is it a construct shame mm-hmm. is a construct guilt is a construct it's provided to you in order to keep you somewhere in the system and somebody else above you At the end right. of the day if we all took our shirt off we all have the same number of nipples we all know what's yeah. inside everybody's you have pants three, two? It, that's sweet yeah, yeah. Three and a half. Ah, um, <laughs> a third. Uh, just some random weird extra portion. No. I, other countries have a much more open approach to the human body. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're just doing it to separate ourselves from each other. Right. Even just even what we wear, too. Like, that's one another thing. Like, I'm very proud to be Chicana and dress the way I dress. Even when people tell me that I shouldn't. I've had. I have recently another business owner tell me that 
I'm too Chicana and I don't belong. At, I moved to the mall and um, I did, but I moved to a mall where we have a thing that's called the Mercado. So it's a marketplace and it's full of mm. a lot of small businesses. And yep. it's, um, it's designed to look like Guanajuato, Mexico. It's designed to look like the streets of Mexico. It's colorful. It's beautiful. That's why I decided to go in the Mercado because I wanted to be part of my community. I don't want to be like in the fancy malls or anything. I wanted to be That's not there. your customer. That's not my customer. And that's not. Yeah. I used to work at that mall in college. You put yourself in an uncomfortable situation Mm -hmm. and allow yourself to be judged for no reason at all. Right. When you can give back to your own community in a, you know, a a building like that with everybody around that you care about, they can see that you're giving them back a slice of a decade or two of art that Mm -hmm. most people forget about. And you brought up a really cool point earlier because one of the things that I've saw in all of your art. And I grew up in a small dairy farming community in a place called Okeechobee, Florida. Um, I grew up in a migrant house in a dairy field. Um, I've picked, I've, you know, I've milked cows, I've built fence, I've done all those jobs. And all of my friends that were Mexican had such a bond that I did not have. And they had art that I was always jealous of because it was a different style. There was neon, there was spray over, there was like all of this different look in it. And it just had its own vibe. Mm-hmm. Like nobody else had that particular area on lock. Definitely. Yeah. That's beautiful. And and that's something that I love that you were able to experience. And I love that you accepted it. Although you were a little jealous of it, but you accepted it and you loved I've it. I've always and you been jealous it. of minority yeah. families. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like, I yeah. can say that out, lo- out loud. I've always been jealous of minority families because there's still a familial unit. They mm-hmm. care for each other in a different way. I think that white America has been diluted and that we no longer care for our generations from before us. We don't take care of our parents. We have no, we have no seasoning. I, I can see that. And, you know, I was talking to my dad yesterday because I was going through, I love going through their photos. My dad came to the United States when he was about 17. And I, I always asked him, like, what made you come over here? Because Obviously, it wasn't me. I wasn't born yet. My sisters weren't born yet. He came. My dad is a big, huge Doors fan, rock and roll. Like oh, I love he it. He came. He's like, I came for the American propaganda. I came because I wanted to. How not- honest? Yeah, that's the- seriously. My dad does not listen to Mexican music. I did not grow up. I didn't learn Spanish until I was about eleven. They didn't want no to kidding. teach me Spanish. Yeah, they- even though my- they migrated from Mexico, they didn't want to teach me Spanish because in that time um, here in Las Vegas, if you spoke Spanish, you would be put in special ed classes. So So, it's funny you say that. My mm -hmm. wife is actually first-generation American. Her father is from Colombia. He came here when he was 17. And her mother is from Italy, (laughs) who came here when she was 17 as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, she is. Um, (laughs) And she does not speak Spanish, even Mm -hmm. though her parents are both from different countries. She doesn't speak Italian or Spanish. She can understand quite a bit, obviously. But The reason was she grew up in Jersey outside of New York City, and you would be discriminated against or looked down on if you were speaking Spanish in those areas. Mm -hmm. So that her parents wanted them to, you know, assimilate and enjoy their American heritage that way. And that's how they, you know, were raised. Um, I want to ask a question uh, because I started to read through the Chicano and Chicana history. And one of the things that stuck out to me, and I don't know that a lot of people realize this because when you hear Chicano or Chicana or something like that, tell me how that is a combination of Mexican and American heritage, because it's a unique generation born to people that are from another country, but recognizes themselves as an independent, strong grouping that is American as well. Can you tell me what that means? Yeah, definitely. Like uh, how I explained to you with my dad coming to the United States, uh, he was he was Mexican. My mom as well. She's from Michoacan. She's from a small um, pueblito, so a small village in Mexico. They came to Inglewood, California, which is Inglewood. 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 Like that. So a lot of people. I learned that in the nineties. Like, 
Yeah, a lot of Thank people you, think. Thank you, Dr. Dre. Tupac. Yeah, a lot of people think that <laughs> I'm from. Everybody always thinks I'm from Cali because they don't think that Las Vegas has like Chicanos and stuff. Oh, that's a which, good point. Yeah, so they um when they came to Inglewood, they wanted to live the American dream. So the American dream for them was, you know. Rock and roll, KFC, disco, Pizza KFC, Hut. Pizza. No, but they got Roscoe's. <laughs> <laughs> My mother in law is My- from Italy, and her favorite place is the Olive Garden. Really? <laughs> yeah, she's not allowed back. It's they American. Just, they just because it's, it stands for everything Definitely. America. I swear, my favorite burrito is from Taco Bell. I swear to God. I was living in Mexico and I was like, I want that bean and cheese burrito and I want a. It's a, two different a, a, foods. Yeah, it is. It really American, is. American, Mexican food and Mexican food are two different things. And yes. I love them Definitely. both for different reasons. Definitely. And that's what is like a little oh. snippet of we being Chicano. We people taco like. night all the time here and I'm happy about it super because wet. it's super simple. You guys it's got that, cheese that, and that salsa. ground beef, you know, ground beef, lettuce <laughs> and diced up tomatoes. Lettuce yeah. is disgusting on anything warm. <laughs> oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, but it's I okay cannot if you put stand cold hot right on lettuce. It. Hot lettuce is so gross. Don't put lettuce on my burger. Yeah. Don't put lettuce in my tacos. Because once lettuce is wet, it turns into some slimy weirdness. It's, really it's only good on those tacos if you drop it in right at the end and then you eat it yeah. when it's <laughs> you gotta just crispy. Like, you got to toss agree. it in your mouth and yeah. eat it separately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Magic. Yeah. yeah. No, there are two totally different types of food. Definitely. Um, and I feel like um, with, with being Chicana, I feel like people don't realize that. I've we, my dad had gone through like um, the riots in California. He was there protecting mm. like the buildings and stuff. He, he told me stories about how he would go and protect the supermarkets mm. from getting raided because that's the only thing that the community had. So a lot of it was being an activist. He came to this, to this country to fight for our right, for American right. Not, he, he never went into like the military or anything, but... You know, I think that that's really that 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 meant a lot to me, you know, and, and that's why I am the way I am and being an activist as well and doing things for the community, because I see how far how hard he worked my and my mom as well worked for us to be here and work to, to make a part of our culture, you know, in America. And um, I, a lot of it. Growing up, I, like I said, my dad just didn't listen to Mexican music. So I had friends in the East Side that were just all they listened to was Rancheras, um, Vicente Hernandez. Like they would listen to Mexican music. It's like and country I, I music in it. Spanish. Yeah, I loved yeah, it. No, no, I, I know exactly what this is, man. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to learn more. So that's how I got like into my roots of being Mexican. Because uh, honestly, my parents wanted me to just be American. And that wanted me and my sisters to be just American. And that's it. So... I learned what Chicano was. I learned, like, you know, I learned it what, through gangs, to be honest with you, because mm-hmm. who, the people that would wear, like, the, the dickies and show a lot of um, Chicano pride were, like, gang-affiliated, you know? So It's uh, unfortunate that it was given that connotation, because at the right. end of the day, it's a grouping of people that are very celebratory of who they are, where they come Definitely. from, and the combination of the two cultures. And that's what I am glad that it's now. I'm, I mean, I was talking to Gary about that earlier. Like, it's kind of a, a little bit of a trend um, of being Chicano. Uh, you know, it's not the way it was before. Like, I couldn't wear, like, a certain color or a certain pair of Cortezes without being banged on, without being like, hey, where are you from? Like, without being hit up. Now I can. Wow. And I'm really happy. I'm so happy. That's why when people come at me and tell me that I shouldn't dress the way I dress, I kind of go, I have to shove myself down from going into fight mode, to be honest it, with you. From you here's the thing, you don't need to do that because right. there's only one reason they're telling you not to dress that way. Mm-hmm. There's a way that they want to dress that they're not willing to go out on a limb and do. So right. it's easier to tell you that you're out of line for how you're dressing than to be strong enough to open up the closet and grab the things that I feel inclined to wear out in front yeah. of everybody that I won't be judged for. Definitely. You know, nobody thinks that. of that kind of shit. I, I appreciate you uh, having me on and accepting me and accepting that way of thinking because even like my mom yesterday, I did a TikTok yesterday with her um, and she wore this outfit. I put, I, it was a little trend where like you dress your mom up as you. My mom is a diehard oh. Christian. Um, so she was so happy wearing my clothes. She looks so cute. We have like over like almost like 300,000 views on TikTok. So she, she's Love a Leo. It. She's really happy about that. Um, I did her makeup and everything like me and she was so happy. She was dancing. I was like, let me put some oldies for you and my dad to dance to. They were dancing 
And then she sat down and she looked really sad. And I'm like, what's going on? What's wrong? Mm. And she's like, am I, am, is it wrong for me to wear this? And I'm like, no, ma, like, did you kill anybody? No. Like, I did you steal anything while you were here? I didn't see that. I'm like, maybe like you did break a couple hearts because people know you're married to my dad and they oh, watch you. That's so super she sweet. Laughing, I love but, that. Check you, you know, out. But you know, like you're right. I have never seen that my breaks mom. My heart that hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it broke my heart too. But see, but for the little moment that I had to see her happy, I was it healed my inner child. And it also I could see that it was healing her inner child too. Absolutely, because yeah. you know that we long to be a part of our group and our family. And when one part of the family stands there looking one way and the other looks a different way and they're not together, but they're still standing there, there's a lot of longing in the heart to be with your, you know, your people. Definitely. And that Definitely. divide is very bizarre because it's created socioeconomically and by people from above. So we don't realize when we're looking across that road at our own people or our mm -hmm. own friends or our own socioeconomic status, we're looking across at them and we should be able to just simply be together and ignore That's the man. fact yeah. that there's no such thing as shame. I mean, you can't hand me shame. You mm -hmm. can't pour a bowl of shame. They None try. of those things. They shame try. is something you're told to yeah. have. Mm -hmm. You're given that for a reason. I had a new analogy for you this week, Gary, um, or a new metaphor. I was thinking about the old school game Tetris, right? Everybody remembers Tetris. Comes down in different shapes. I was trying to fill the blocks. Imagine that is when you navigate life and your experiences are the pieces in Tetris coming down. And as you bring them down, you can adjust them, but you're never going to get them always right. And you always want to get that nice square rectangle shot where they yeah, all like fall, piece. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we don't get that in life very rarely. So what happens is we invent one of our own and plug it into those holes and then forget about it in order to justify where we are in life. If that shame will plug shame in there so that I feel the proper amount of regret for whatever it is that I did. Is it guilt? I'll plug guilt in there. Is it a little pride? I'll plug some pride in there. You mm -hmm. know, did I see things differently when I left this? All right. Maybe I, yeah, I should have acted that way. That's a, that's a one long brick. I'm gonna go ahead mm -hmm. and put that in there. It's justified. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. We live oh. in this weird world where we take on shame when we're older and we should be enjoying our life and have recognized that there's no need to care what anybody else thinks. That just tells me that she's sad and happy at the same time because she's probably getting to see you do what she wasn't able to do in her generation, whether it be by outside people or inside, you know, people judging who they definitely. are. Definitely. Yeah. And it's all... Um, like also like with generations, like I know my grandma went through stuff too. Like my grandma was like, she, she grew up in Mexico, was born in Mexico, had a husband that would beat her, kidnapped her when she was 11, had 13 children. Holy yeah. So it's a whoa. big old, yeah, that's a big old whole nother, like, you know, so when you say, you that's know, when generational I, when I heard, trauma, generation, we have generational trauma and I'm here to break it. I'm here to break it. I know, like I was telling Gary like and you can see on my stuff I don't try to get too spiritual but I am and I don't know what it is because life is crazy our DNA generational trauma curses psychology it's all a big old a big old thing this, these are things that we don't learn she didn't break away from where she's from and like yeah. people always want to get out make it out yeah. I gotta go I, I, I can't leave the hood until I make it good you know, it's people that stay and try to make it better is, is what we need more of. You know, I couldn't wait to get the fuck out of where I was from. And that was like the whole thing that we talked about all the time. And there's a lot of violence and shit that I escaped and stuff that I couldn't. I didn't have enough self-control to not do certain things I was doing. And I would have ruined my same. life. So, but, you know, when I met her, that was she's been the same way since we've known each other a while. And it was always like, you know. Mm. There was never the plan to leave. It was always a plan to like maybe sometime have, you know, multiple places, but the plan was to make where I live now better and like make people happier and bring businesses back in like the hoods where it's good. Like around here, like I live in a decent neighborhood. I don't know anybody. Nobody cares anybody. about each other. No, I don't. My house got broken into. I guarantee somebody saw that happen. Didn't say shit to anybody. In the hood, they fucking they might be the one that's oh, beefing yeah. with you yesterday, but they will fuck that person up that broke in your house. Oh, yeah, today. they'll pull them out the window by their feet. Yeah, they might hate you and they'll do that <laughs> shit. No, it's true. I believe That's it. true. Knock on wood. 
Uh, my parents have had that knock on wood. Are you having wood? <laughs> no, I have no wood in my house. But uh, my parents have had their house for almost 30 years now. And thank the Lord Jesus. There's, they've never gotten broken into because people know. People know who we are on, the, on, our, on our little block. You know, we, we know our neighbors. Well, well, my dad kind you of invite one of them, but those things when you live in mm-hmm. a mental state that is fearful of that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to be said about the law of attraction in certain ways. You know, it's been abused through YouTube and everybody else on the planet trying to tell you you can manifest your life. But at the same time, you will put yourself in certain parallel places in life where you'll see one thing one way and it's actually the other. Definitely. Yeah. And I think, uh, like, I'm working with a pro fighter named Pearl Gonzalez right now. And we did a. His name is Pro? No, her name is Pearl. Oh, I like, like a pro Gonzalez. Per, I was yeah. like, what a first name for a pro. Don't fuck up. Don't fuck up. Yeah, it's like naming your kid doctor or Dak. Yeah, right? And that's cinnamon or champagne or something. A pro's pretty cool. Oh, cinnamon. Yeah, I mean, or cinnamon. I mean, if I ever slip one past the goalie, my kid's going to be called pro. Putting that down. Loaded. Um, <laughs> but she, uh, she lives in San Diego. She's from Chicago and she's Puerto Rican and Mexican. And we did a shoot at Chicano Park last week. And her always saying is that she's proud of where, uh, right now she said she's proud of where she's from, but so grateful for where she's going, I believe is the term she uses. And, um, you know, I think that's like, if you forget where you're from and there's so much good and that's like the roots that you're, you know, so many people want to just put in the past, not act like they're that person. And those, those people regret it later in life. I think, I think there's so, and you know, you're talking about white people and like getting whitewashed and shit, like it happens. Like we don't keep much of our culture. Italians tried, are trying to do a little bit, but we've lost. Like none of us speak Italian. Like we rarely cook the same shit as our grandmas and grandpas used to. Like when I was younger, it used to happen. But every generation, it loses some. There's no Italian neighborhoods anymore. Like they have little Italy places. No Italian people live there, and there's no, you know. But you go to these Mexican neighborhoods and stuff, and like they're probably very similar to they were in the 80s or the 70s or the 60s in a lot of ways. Um, and you could go. We can't afford to like. Yeah, but the stuff's good. You know, they take pride in every little thing that they make. That is not a lie. (laughs) People don't realize that that socioeconomic chain will keep you in the same circle and your families in the same circle over and over again, especially if it's accepted as a okay station in life to be at. Definitely. Amen to that. I used to live in Mexico for a little while. Uh, I I lived there and um, I would see people that they didn't want to grow. They were okay with where they were at, which is fine, mm-hmm. which is fine. But they're like, you know, the houses were made out of bricks and stuff like that. I built a whole house over there. I meant, oh, yeah. Mine was of, cinder like, blocks. Bricks. It yeah. was square. Yeah. It had a flat roof with rock and tar on it that you had to swap on with a mop. Yeah. Like, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh huh. Yeah. So, and there's people that are content with that, you know, mm-hmm. and there's people that do want to get out, like, and and make something better, you know. So people always think better. Too. Better doesn't have to be different. Yeah. And I think that people that comes from self-loathing. Mm-hmm. I think that if you don't love yourself enough, then you're not going to embrace who you are mm-hmm. and create things authentically. I think mm-hmm. that the watered down thing that we're discussing and the the cultural dilution is something that can be recreated. And I think that's through authenticity because let's face it, culture and movements and the way the trends and things like that, those are all outside in. Mm -hmm. We have to start acting from inside out. And when we act from inside out, we're going to plant our own roots wherever we are. We're going to grow as a tree because now we're actually being ourselves and we're going to attract more trees that are going to be like us. And we're going to create a new neighborhood, a new society, a new culture and grow from there. That's going to have Chicana pride and it's going to have Italian pride and it's going to have, you know, white trash pride like mine or something, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) but if if you're you, if you're you, it doesn't matter because There's nothing to remember. There's nothing to emulate. There's nothing to be ashamed of. There's Mm -hmm. no other issues except for what you think of what other people think of you. Definitely. And um, my studio is hopefully you can come one one day. But my studio, like how I said, it's it's all open. And I'm really excited that I can share that. Like, it's 
people can see other couples or other families taking pictures. Kids walk by and they like wave at me and I can see their eyes light up because they're like, whoa, like I've never seen, they've never seen a photographer. They've never seen a makeup artist. Like I'm sitting there doing makeup and you know, they, they don't get, get to see that. They don't, I, I now I'm also, um, uh, that gave me a chance to work with the Mercado and I'm running a, a nonprofit art, um, art studio for kids on Saturday. That's going to go on our show notes, by the way, if anybody wants yeah. to, to yeah, donate time, that? money, whatever, please reach out. Please do. And and thank you. I, the community has donated a lot already. Um, we're working with, I have 12 kids, two classes right now. Um, and they're, they've grown so much. So all it is, it's not like, I mean, I'm not an art teacher. The people that we have volunteering are not certified teachers. They're just artists that show what they do. Certification doing. stupid. Yeah. yeah Especially yeah. for art. Like these for, are just art. People, yeah. Yeah. for art. I, way, to gatekeep, way to gatekeep creativity. Yeah. Definitely. I went to college for a while. I also, I dropped out of college and dropped out of high school because I, I can't, I can't do the normal. I, I got a, all F's in art and I'm an artist. Uh, one of my, I remember in high school, my, um, my art teacher, I don't even remember her name. I love that you can yeah. fail at an individual bitch. talent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she was like, <laughs> you, what you draw is never going to get you anywhere. Like you just draw chola stuff. And I was like, fuck you, bitch. Like, I'll fuck you up. I'll fuck you up. That's when I had like no, yeah, issues yeah, yeah. back then. Uh, I don't anymore. Um, but, <laughs> you know, in the, in this art studio, these kids, I just give them like, okay, you guys can either like, I'm, we're going to do like, we've done like ornaments for Christmas and stuff. Like, here are all the colors. You let me know what which colors you want me to put yes. on your palette and do whatever design you want to do. You know, whatever uh, you guys think. Go somewhere away from the other kids. Don't let a single kid tell you what yeah, to put on that don't. paper. No and glue, no nothing. it's so cute to watch them. And they're like, oh, you know, what did you do? Oh, that looks cool. And they're not copying each other with what I love too. Exactly. They're all doing their own thing. And like, I had one little girl make like a snowflake and it was like all like spider webs and stuff on it, like all black. And I'm like, that's such a cool snowflake. And she Ooh, put little gems on snowflake it. Snowflake is kind of yeah. dope. Yeah, it was a black spider web snowflake. And I, I can see I like her that. art. She's so she's That's so talented. That's a tattoo right there. Right, right. It's so cool. And she loves like I can see the type of art that she likes and the type of girl she's gonna grow up to be and the type of artist she's gonna be. Because you you know you you have a style. You have a certain style when you're an artist. And her style, she loves like she's telling me about how she's writing her book. She's only twelve years old. Most kids don't even read at twelve. Right. And not to interrupt, but I have a gift for her that I want to give oh, her. Oh please, yeah, let's but, do it on the air. It's a. Uh, it goes along the with air. this. It's the 1990s. It's the 1990s. We're hey, back we with the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, <laughs> I'm of, gonna hit a couple buttons here. Yes, We're gonna- <laughs> could you please? You know, when I was little, my dream job, and that's still one of my goals. I've always wanted to be a DJ at Crystal Palace, which is a skating rink, and I love the radio oh, station. That I grew would up be with so Art LeBeau. Awesome. I made Art LeBeau shirts recently. <gasps> I love Art LeBeau. All right. Did he die? I don't think he's dead. He's what? Away. How? Art LeBeau. What's yeah. an Art LeBeau? Art LeBeau. It, it's an oldies radio station. He's um, a radio host. He's a DJ. Um, and he would, you want to show me the gift and then I'll go into yeah. Art LeBeau. So, LeBeau deserves a whole segment. I, uh, I was on Facebook looking at lowriders and there's an artist on there. His name was Eric Madero. Let me spell it. A E R I C K M E D E R O M E D E R O. Anyways, Chicano artist, and I saw this, and if that oh, doesn't look shit, like her, that's badass. I don't know what it does. Um, she has I a love that. Web. Yeah, she has a little spider web. We were just talking about that. Yeah, I so, love it. You know, I'll support any artist if you see like, uh, smart. Yeah, all this you, stuff Gary has back. tons of art in the studio. Yeah. That's Juan Munez did that one. He's from the east side of Las Vegas, too, by way of San Diego. Is that a friends. sandworm from Beetlejuice? Oh, uh, that is my friend, an Italian girl, Erin, uh, from Cleveland that did that. She does uh, sneakers and houseplants is her thing. And then the uh, bunnies. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, and then the cutout of the um, Wu-Tang uh, dunk that I'll never have was a gift from Jay. Oh. Um, so, you know, most of my art's been a gift or somebody that, you know, something that they gave me or you know, like somebody I know. So this dude, I bought a bunch of his art. It wasn't expensive. I don't blame long. you. That looks so yeah. cool. Yeah. It has so. a Thank retro, you. retro Thank feel to you. it. Almost like a Betty Boop era type yeah. of. Yeah. Mexicans love that. We do. Yeah. I love oh, Betty okay, Boop. I know. This is a, 
Yeah, that's all I grew up on was like the Looney Tunes, VHSs, oh, and yeah, the yeah, Betty yeah. Boobs. Then like, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you yeah. Dude, that's so <gasps> cool. Thank you. I figured, I figured like it. I love it. Know, one thing we had in common, like, you know, we're from, I was born on the east side of Las Vegas and I lived there for a little bit, but I didn't grow up there. So like we grew up very different. I'm much older and, mm-hmm. you know, but something that we have in common, what became good friends was just always art and, you know, and she's like me she's stubborn as fuck like when she built her photography place i'm blessed enough to have a good job and make some money and i was trying to give her stuff you know and she wanted to build it with her dad with their their bare hands and they sat there and he welded the whole thing and they welded it in 117 degree weather yeah you know but people said they couldn't do it and they said they were wasting their time and you know people said that means you're on your way yeah Mm -hmm. you know like why would you do that that didn't stop me. I was working like two jobs in college, still as running my business. As soon as people tell you that, as soon mm-hmm. as people tell you, you can't do it, you shouldn't do it, that's not smart, this is all those things, they might as well have a mirror held up in front of their face and they're telling themselves all the things that they won't do for themselves mm-hmm. for whatever that dream is. They're telling you all the reasons they shouldn't do their dream. Definitely. Yeah. And people like real recognize real like Juliana Pena was the champion of the world, which she will be again. And I told her about this place when she was out here and she made me take her. She took her mom and her daughter. So three generations. I just we filmed it and I just started cutting. Oh, it I remember together. that I saw the uh I saw the uh the first cuts of that stuff. It was yeah. awesome. And it was that was like you just saw the happiness of those three generation of women that you know and and from a similar culture and they were so happy and they were talking about high school and Juliana and her mom was in high school and like they were doing makeup and it was just like you that, that was the first time I hung out there like where you know and, and saw like the business it's an experience working. and yeah. but you could see that that happens all the time like yeah. they tap into memories which is appropriately named but you know that was a memory that they created for you know all three of them based on memories that they had and it's just a cool thing. And, the, you know, another thing about Mexican and Chicano cultures, they don't get rid of shit because it's old. Like, oldies, Mexicans love the oldies. And so do I. But, like, the music's the best music there ever was. Why do we need to, like, stop listening to it? Yeah, we do tend to, to take it? our music and throw it in the trash after a decade. We throw everything in the trash. Yeah. You know, it perfectly works like, fine. Yeah. And we toss it out. Like, Vegas is a, a prime example. There's nothing old here. 10 years, 20 years, knock it Blow down. Blow it up, like, rebuild it. Throw up some more stucco. Same mm-hmm. color. You know, but there is culture here and a lot of it's on the east side and where she's from and what she does. And I'm coming out there. So when I'm when I'm there in Vegas, Taryn and I are coming out. We might stay for like a month. Um, We're talking about coming out there for a month, renting a place and doing some shooting out there um, together. So I'll definitely come out there. We'll do a shoot. I would love to to do that. It'd be so much fun. What's that? Yeah, she says it way cooler than I do. But that was the first place I went. When COVID opened back up, oh, first place. CVS y más. I saw the picture for that and I almost fell out of my chair. I was like, that is fucking great. And it's funny because we went, I'm what's like, what the, the what's heck the is mas? that? What's the mas? What's the mas? is just like um, Hispanic the extra ingredients. Part. Like it has like like um, Hispanic food, like Hispanic seasoning. Ah, so this because one it's time, like a it's like one aisle. Local yeah, it's shop. like one aisle. Mm, no, it just has one aisle of Hispanic <laughs> Food yeah, and it's like things. they have the same. I like so they put on it. And I was so upset when we went. Like I was like, we went one day. Like we were like, let's go check it out. So I was upset. I'm like, Ugh, whatever. Like this is this dumb. is yeah. not moss. This, this is, is not moss. Yeah, I was bummed. And then and then karma hit me. Three years later, I was I was trying to make some caldo, which is some soup, some Mexican soup, chicken soup. And the only thing that was open was a CVS. So I went to a CVS in a different neighborhood, not on the east side. <laughs> it wasn't a CVS Imas. And I was like, all right, let me go get the, the chicken season, the adobe, like the pollo season. It wasn't there. No. That would have been an Imas. So, yeah. yeah. They just have the seasoning packet that just said chicken I, that white people use that doesn't taste like anything. I shopped at the Denton Bent as a kid. That's where we got all of our food was, you know, the like, um, they're like those stands that the grocery stores when all of the canned goods and boxes would be damaged, mm-hmm. they would take them into these like warehouses and they'd be just, you know, everywhere. And you'd go in and like get like all sorts of food for like 10 cents a can, 10 cents a can, you know, and yeah. some of them would be like missing labels. I talk about this all the time. You like think you got like some Chef Boy RD and it's like fucking beets. 
And you're like so mad as a kid. You Chef throw Gordy in the was can. from Cleveland. If yeah, I, but those are the best. Like I honestly still shop in the in the like for clearance still to the thing. You remember we went to the Nona one time, and I freaking was so happy to get forty six cent shirt. I still have those. Oh, I got, yeah, like, why wouldn't 10. you be? Yeah, I was so happy. Like, and we went to like a mall. It was like you know there was like Louis Vuitton there. There was like all kinds of fancy stuff. I'm like, nah, I'm going into the good old high end Forever Twenty One. Yeah, yeah, I didn't it's ever know shirts could be that cheap. <laughs> yeah, they're cheaper than the swab meat. Yeah, it was so forty six cents is cheap. Forty six. I gotta tell you though, man, I got tired of shopping on the cheap rack for a long time. When you're mm-hmm. a kid, that cheap rack is so embarrassing. I can remember, mm-hmm. dude, working so hard for, you know, school clothes money. We were digging septic fields so mm-hmm. I could go to Stinkin' Bugle Boy and buy a pair of jeans oh. that I didn't realize until I got home that, like, one of the pockets was, like, over the butt, like, crack instead of the cheek because <laughs> it was, like, off the cheap rack where yeah. it was, like, You said to walk regular. with lean. As long as you just, like, walk like that, you're fine. <laughs> My butt pocket. Like, I had to, like, lean against the wall with, like, a hip out. Like, I was trying to be yeah. cool just so my ass didn't have, like, a center pocket. And your parents were like, appreciate that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really would get I would only go back to school shopping once a year. And I I hated of course. it because my mom would be like, she would just bitch at me, like bitch, bitch, bitch. Like it's a worst I'm buying trip you when- this, I'm buying you this, and you better do this when you get home. I better see the house clean for the whole fucking year. Blah blah blah. I'm like, I just don't even buy me anything. Don't even <laughs> buy me anything. Please. Shopping experience Please. is so different than just, than the rich kid or the middle class uh, experience yeah. is completely different I than the poor kid. I hated it. I hated. I'm like, just don't get <laughs> me shit. Did they count them? Did you ever? They count your clothes too. Yeah, they count like, them. The like, okay, you get a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday, mm-hmm. and a Friday, and then those. All your oh. clothes, those are play clothes now. These do not go outside. Those oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And then my mom would have, like, hi- I couldn't bring in all the bags. I had to bring them in, like, days at a time because my dad couldn't see how much we got. And then... <laughs> no, I didn't have that problem. If my friends would come over, you know, like, we're girls, so we would want to share clothes or whatever, she would, she would be my ass. Because she's like, why the fuck is Linda wearing the shirt that I bought you? Like, I'm, a mí me costó. It costed me. Not her mama. It costed me. And I'm like, oh, look. Like, yeah, but like I'm wearing her pants. So yeah, what's problem here? <laughs> well, it are? was always something. So that's when I I got into like wearing like my dad's clothes, like wearing big clothes, wearing like. I was like, just, oh, just you. don't even bitch at me. Just go get my own shit. I'll go. That's what I did. I mean, yeah. I, mean I, I, I recognize <laughs> now looking back that that stress that parents were under in that moment were because we were stretching groceries at oh, like forty dollars, yeah. you know, and gro- buying like, groceries right now. Like, yeah, you know, oof. and it was. You don't recognize that when you're a kid that that's the kind of stretching that's going on and what's being given up on, you know, the other side. But at the same time, man, it's liberating when that kid comes from something like that and gets to start buying his own shit. Oh yeah, man! Oh, yeah. It was so much fun when I started buying my own clothes and I had like a paycheck. I was like. <gasps> I'm like, I could be cool now. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people don't have that mentality anymore, though. Like, they don't even want, like, I had jobs from the second I figured out that I could buy a big box yes. of suckers and sell them for twice as much if I sold them individually at school. 100%. I was like, okay. And then that turned into other things that you could buy cheap and sell individually. Other Jolly places. Ranchers, big bags. Yeah, yeah we, um, and then, like, there is a, you know, always had that mind state and, like, you don't, you don't learn entrepreneurship or anything still to this day in high school. They're like, go to college or go to the factory, mm-hmm. you know? And they're, it's like, that's it's college it's, or it's, the factory. That's your two or the army. You know, that's what they told us, yep. like join the army, which they wouldn't take me, even though that was very heavily, you know, suggested. And then, <laughs> you know, by the powers that be. And then it's like, or just get a job. And like, it's, it's never like create your own shit. It's always like, you can't do that. Like there's so much, you can't fucking do that still. And it's like, yeah, I, I just don't get it. Plug a hole. There's so many things people need in the neighborhood or wherever, like there is missing, like figure out what you don't got and figure out how to get that. Definitely. But with that, like you do have to learn though. You do have, not everybody's built to be an entrepreneur is what I've seen and what I've learned. You're a hundred percent right. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is though, there are, able and designed to do one thing authentically or a grouping of things. Mm-hmm. And when they find that and they start churning that out, that will be 
the way that they contribute to society. That'll be their own form of entrepreneurship or it'll fill a gap in your entrepreneurship. Everybody has their own unique talent. And when it's exercised to its fullest potential, there's a puzzle piece that it's going to match. There's going to be one that it falls in place with because that's how we're designed. We're all designed to interlock with each other at some point in time or another. And if you're doing things the way you're supposed to, then you're going to cross paths and you're going to interlock because you're at the same level. Mm-hmm. And that's where, um, like, the mercado that where, where I'm at now, that was the concept. The market. Um, the market. So it's not just a mercado, like, or a market that from... Cause the, the, the woman that developed it also developed the Santi Alleys, which is the Callejones in L.A., so Santi Alley's is where a lot of businesses get like some of their, you know, get their like products, like they get wholesale things to okay, develop okay. that, right? So the mercado, um, going back into like before, like in, in Mexico and other cultures in like Central America, like before they would do a market where they would, there was no money involved. It was back before there was money. It was just trading things, just trading art. There's just something to be artistry. said about the trade. Mm-hmm. I feel like trade is much more fair Definitely. and it's less greed. Definitely. When you're getting yourself something to replace something, a need. When you're replacing a need with a need, you know, or what somebody else in excess, mm-hmm. when you can take someone else's excess and plug someone else's need and both can walk away and be whole, mm-hmm. that's an amazing thing. Not one person indebted to another or two people putting imaginary care into a fucking pile of coins or whatever the fuck that's supposed to be. Last time money did something for me was never unless it came out of my wallet and went into a register. Otherwise, it's just stupid. It's paper and metal. Mm -hmm. Or crypto, which is something else. That's imaginary too. It's like uh, (laughs) some stuff that we all had to You can throw them all here. I'll collect (laughs) them. I'll pile them up, figure out where to put them. Mm -hmm. But see, you're doing the right thing. You're mm-hmm. recognizing gaps in your community and you're trying to give back. Thank and you're you. giving back with what you're talented at. And that's the message that I think people need to hear when they listen to this is that you can be your own person and still make an impact in your community or with other people or with humanity. And in fact, I would argue that acting yourself and authentically will have a much greater impact on the world than trying to be somebody else and do something with it. When you're trying to be somebody else, you're not focused on the end game. You're focused on yourself too much and you're not giving a hundred percent. You're giving 60% and 40% to the mask. Mm-hmm. People want everybody to be a certain way. Like with all the woke culture and stuff, people don't want to talk about their differences anymore. Cause they think that's necessarily like a bad thing. So like say she's different than I, than to a black guy, to an Indian kid, to Japanese, like we all have these differences and like they should be celebrated. And I talk about the story on this podcast a million times about how my black friends and like, you know, Polish friends used to make spaghetti every time I went over their house. <laughs> their, their, their parents were cool. Like they wanted me to be comfortable, but I was like, no, nah, I want the shit that you guys eat. You that, know, like that doesn't work cool. for white people, by the way. If like, I had like a Hispanic or a black friend that came to my house and I started making like tacos or like some other stereotypical fried chicken or something like that. I'm a racist immediately. <laughs> like, it doesn't work. No, yeah, we will. We will accept it. it. It has to be good. I, I, you already won some good. points. You already won some points with not putting lettuce on your tacos. I'll give you that. They, they don't put lettuce on tacos yeah. in Mexico. But no, 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 tacos in Mexico are not tacos in America. They're Mm-mm. two different things. No, they, two totally they really different are. Things. The ingredients are much more natural. Mm-hmm. There's more flavors. There's things like there. limes used in. Palettes, spice palettes that you're not used to that you get out of like that sack of ground beef at Taco Bell. Yeah, I go there for a week and eat tacos five times a day and lose weight. You'd, if you ate tacos five times a day in America, you'd be 400 fucking pounds. Mm-hmm. Mm, know, they just, yeah, they just put all this shit in there. That's fresh, you know, maybe the tortilla is not the best for you, but everything else is just fresh my, cooked. My right wife's there. favorite snack is chips, salsa, and guac. Like, mm-hmm. You cannot get her. We go to um, a market here that they do once every two weeks, and there's a family there that makes guac right there on the side of the street, and they do it all by hand, and we buy it by like the court. Mm-hmm. And so, so mm-hmm. good. Well, we're coming up on an hour. 
And I want to uh, make sure that we give you an opportunity to speak about anything that we haven't discussed. Is there anything that you would like to tell everybody about that we haven't gone over or do we save that for when you come back? I think we can save that for when we come, when I come back and I'm excited. I want to thank you for giving me this opportunity. And, you know, I was really, honestly, really nervous to come on because I had like, I was going to ask her like, does he know? Like, I'm like me, like, cause you've seen my stuff. Cause again, like I get, I get good. I have a lot of supporters, but I do have people that judge me. And I've even seen like where people supposedly miss opportunities, especially being a woman. Um, mm. because of the way we dress or style and, you know, so I just want to thank you for allowing me to speak, um, allowing me to be me, allowing, uh, accepting and appreciating uh, my culture. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to, to work on different things with you guys. And, um, to be honest, mm-hmm. I, I want to thank you so much because there is strength in vulnerability. And the moment that we are vulnerable and we talk about what really makes who we are, we give other people the opportunity to exercise their own voice. It gives them that motivation to have some pride in who they are. And when someone like yourself grinds every day, but not for the anything but the actual grind. I think when we had Matt Scheel on, there was a analogy that came up about the miner digging underground, going for gold. And you see a side picture of him, you know, like in a, you know, in a meme and he quits, but from the side, you can see him with his pickaxe and really right on the other side of that dirt, that last pick, there was a pile of gold. It speaks volumes, but what it tells me is that he would have never stopped if he actually did it because he loved mining. Mm -hmm. You can do it for the gold, but you're not going to be happy. Mm -hmm. You're going to get gold. I don't know if you should read my shirt. Right? Chase dreams, not bags. It's Mm -hmm. right. Definitely. If that miner had just loved mining, guess what would have happened? The gold would have came. Definitely. And he would have went right through it, used it, and probably bought two more picks. Yeah. Where somebody else would have spent it on a car. Right. Yeah. Definitely. That definitely resonates me with a lot because I, I um that's not something that I want to talk about next time, hopefully. Um, is about like mental health. I battle with depression hardcore. Uh there's been many times like I've tried to uh, attempted commit to commit suicide when I was fifteen. I've had these mm. thoughts even while I'm doing this business because like I am, it's scary. I don't have the money, you know? Yeah. I, I, and I'm so thankful for that. And I want to give a huge shout out to like my supporters and my family and my friends that remind me and, and people like you and people like Gary, like that remind me what I'm doing it for. You know, there's a, there's a little girl out in California that she's uh, one of my supporters and she, um, she messages me all the time. She, she lost her mom when she was, she was about three weeks old and you know she messaged me like you know she calls me mom she's like i never had a mom but you are somebody that i look up to so when i get those thoughts and when i'm like i need i want to give up because i'm not making enough money i'm not you know i'm not i don't feel like i'm doing enough or you know if i don't have enough to create what i want to create i get really like because i'm a creator if i'm not creating i get the feel stuck i feel stuck and um Mm. especially being you know, trying to come up and trying to pay bills and having this recession and also being a first generation. There's a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. That first generation is a huge thing. mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people don't understand the analogy that's best for me is starting a race, a hundred meter dash with one person, 50 meters back from the other with the same gun, Mm -hmm. expecting them to finish at the same place. Right. Doesn't work that way. You're you're starting out in debt. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, but she was saying before, like when we did the thing with Juliana, she had her older cameras that were, you know, not very expensive or whatever. And she's like, "Oh, photographers are going to see that and they're going to talk shit." I'm like, "Those are the ones that won't talk shit. The real artists. They're going to be more impressed by the fact that you're getting what you get out of what you have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Someone that could just go buy a five thousand dollar camera and doesn't give a fuck about the art or whatever. Who cares? That doesn't matter. The one that started with a two hundred dollar camera and then got a four hundred dollar camera and then built it up." Like and made it work. 
Like that's like all our like graffiti, these turntables, like that yep. started because people couldn't afford a trumpet or a piano or a saxophone. They had old turntables and they made some they don't shit. give you a dope. fucking saxophone when you're poor. Mm-hmm. I you wanted know. instruments. That's how I got into music now. I didn't even know that I was good at it until I started talking. They don't give you those things. The only thing they gave the poor kids was the recorder, and that just got your ass beat by your parents because it no, sounded like a hell. zoo thing. Yeah, oh, that, yeah, you know, three what blind is, mice over and over. Yeah, again. Jesus, what? That's not even a real instrument. That's not played anywhere for like that's actual music. No, Dwight Schrute plays the hell out of that thing. Yeah, or a shoot shirt. Shrute can do anything. It's true. Really can. I want a man like Shrute. <laughs> right, the confidence alone. Yeah, we were. Clip came shirt. up earlier today. I'll end on this. It, they said, "Yeah, use a word to describe yourself, or how would you describe yourself?" He's like jackhammer. That's <laughs> 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 most of my nickname in high school. <laughs> oh, it's jack I off. Describe myself as a jackhammer. <laughs> like jackhammer is the best. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so funny. So you're you're welcome back. Um, definitely see us doing a lot of episodes and just keep doing what you're doing. No one's Don't let her. anybody tell you that you're not perfect because you are. We're all perfectly imperfect. And if you continue to create the way you are and focus on the love of the actual craft, the rest of that stuff is going to start working itself out it'll start to unravel because fortune favors the passionate. The one that's creating just to create or to give back, you're going to be the one that gets more to give back. I tell Gary this all the time. Like if you're a giver, you're going to be a receiver at the same time because you are the conduit for helping other people that other people are not willing to do. The money's going to land in your pockets because it needs to give back. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to get it in the ass over and over again, but you can't let that fucking stop yeah, you because. No, it's not. And, and now I have, I have, I have supporters and I have the kids. I have, I don't have kids of my own, but I've always said like, I'm going to be a community mom, a community auntie. Like these kids need it. I'm going to keep on going for them. It's you. Mm-hmm. They don't that's... listen to their parents. They listen to the cool girl at the spot. You know, it's you like, know. that's what you need. So exactly. The, and the parents listen to me too, because honestly, that's a whole nother topic too, because parenting is a whole nother thing too. Like, I think parents can benefit from people without children and Mm -hmm. having conversations with your friends that are not parents for the simple fact that you're not going to get a widgeted answer to your questions about how your child's navigating life, you know, because I know that parents bounce things off of each other, Mm -hmm. but I would be, I would challenge them to go out and ask the people out there, the adults that don't have children, not that they're going to be able to tell you how to raise your kid or something stupid Mm -hmm. like that, but they may be able to give you outside perspective on what particular situation that you're navigating because they have a different viewpoint. It's not a child's viewpoint. And let's face it, the kid's viewpoint is the adult viewpoint in that scenario because whatever they're pursuing is an adult situation that you're trying to curtail. Definitely. So you might as well ask an adult. Definitely. Amen to that. I get told all the time, I don't know shit about kids and stop telling people how to be parents. But no. I, I, keep no, I don't know shit about kids. My nieces were here the other day and they drive me batshit crazy. I love them to death, but um, I'm just a big kid. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that I have no rules and how I, I am a cartoon. They don't come to me for serious shit. I just, you know, laugh and dance around and, you know, make cartoon voices constantly. Mm-hmm. It's easier that way. And that's yeah. honestly me being authentic. Yeah. I was born that way. Like if you feel inclined to high five somebody in fucking Walmart, I bet you so much that if you did it, that person would be so happy. And for some reason, some reason they needed it. Definitely. You instinctually wanted to do it, but we won't do it out of shame or guilt or judgment. But I'm not that kind of white guy. I don't go around high fiving people. I'm going to high five the shit out of everybody <laughs> <Yeah>. now. But <laughs> it, it's an example. Can we do like a little video like high fiving in the East Side? I need you to come and just high five in the East Side. And then, the- then RIP. No, you lived, you're not. You lived as you died. No, I'm not Scary. afraid to go anywhere in life. I've I'm never scared. had this issue. No. I don't yeah. know why. I've, I just, I just no, love but, people. Yeah. Well, people should love people and everything should be love. Like, that's another thing too. Like, that's like the, with the parenting thing, like people think that like 
you know, you fall in love and you make babies and that's just it. Like, no, like you have to love yourself. You have to love your partner. You have to love your kids. Like there has to be love in the household. And a lot of people don't don't have that, you know. So that's another thing we can go into on yeah. the next No, segment. I definitely want to talk about that because I think one of the pillars of living a healthy life is loving yourself. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that we should expect other people to love us completely if we don't do the same for ourselves. Yes. I mean, you're not going to sell a car that's worth 5000 to somebody for 10000 you know, if you don't. If you're balling, like make, make the move. Make it Shine a move. up a little bit. Put those little right, dangle balls around them outside. Here. Are, you getting the, are you getting the take here, man? I don't know. I'm going to buy a lowrider instead. Yeah. Are you really? He's going to keep the Cadillac Check it and out. buy one. Dude, if you do it, though, you've got to go all out. I'm going to get a Cutlass. Well, or an El Camino. No, El you Camino, cannot get no. El Camino. That's my dream car. She wants help. Yeah, I mm. want a 69 El Camino FS. Yeah, nice. she wants the most expensive El Camino they make. I, of course. As I we said, had El Caminos growing up. They're fast as shit. People don't realize that because there's mm-hmm. no weight in the back. And it has um, a little, I, I mean, I carry a bunch of stuff. I have a bunch of equipment going in the back. Right in the back. I don't mm-hmm. blame you at all. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's work on getting you money for that El Camino. So make sure you support, <laughs> support us. And, um, a Remember community everybody. El Camino. I want yes. a community El Camino. El Camino. <laughs> Dude, El Camino's, man, we had so many as a kid. Now I'm going to, all right, I'll stay here all day talking about those. <laughs> Gary, you got anything? Want to wrap up? No, I just thank you for being here. Um, thank you for, you know, I love us that all picture. sharing different parts of our culture and where we come from. And, you know, we're, we're all from very different places. I'm from Ohio. You're from Florida. She's from here. And we all have so many similarities and people, if they just sit down and shut up sometimes and listen and then talk to each other, they'll see it's fun. that people want the same shit. They want to be happy. They want their families to be healthy and happy. They want to have fun. They want music and food and they want to fucking dance and sing when not be, you know, like everybody wants the same shit. If everyone just get out of everybody's way and stop worrying about it. You ever notice that there's a big grouping of people that hate minorities when they're having fun? No, everybody. Oh, they're so loud in the movie theater. Oh, yep. fucking Mexicans music so There's loud. There's a reason. Oh, yeah. Because they're not having fun. They're yeah. not willing to be their full selves not, and laugh yeah. until yeah. it hurts or cry until it's pain, you know, or mm-hmm. dance until you can't stand yeah. up. Yeah. We're all created to create. Yep. All right. We appreciate you. And remember, everybody, yeah. be cool and keep learning. What's up, academics? This episode is sponsored by PodPage. Build a beautiful podcast website in five minutes. Automatically create a beautiful listener-friendly podcast site from your RSS feed. So you can import your RSS feed into this site and it automatically generates everything for you. Puts in your artwork, puts in your show notes, puts in all those links, your guest info, everything right there. You get to customize the design to create a professional look that you'll be proud of in a few clicks. You don't have to have a coding background. You don't have to have technical knowledge. This is all plug and play. Choose the design you like, fit and tailored to your brand, the right colors, the right layout, so many different things to choose from. The templates are endless. So get out there, go to thetragedyacademy.com, click on the sponsors tab and help support the show by clicking the pod page link and purchasing your new site today. And remember academics, be cool and keep learning.